Live from Studio B, this is Proudly Made in Canada by Local Laundry with your hosts, Connor Kern and Dustin Paisley. Alright, thanks very much. Uh, this is episode number one. Uh, 001. 001. Of uh, what we hope to be a long, long-standing podcast. Um, let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> so, let's my start. name is Connor Kern. Uh, and I'm one of the co-owners of Local Laundry. My name is Dustin Paisley, and I am the other co-owner of Local Laundry. Uh, Local Laundry is a made-in-Canada retail brand, and we build community in everything we do. And we do that through our five pillars of building community. And one of those pillars is being exclusively and very proudly made in Canada, which spurred the idea for this podcast. That's right. We uh, went made, made about a year ago. And it's been probably the best decision we've ever made. So we wanted to, we wanted to kind of make this podcast as 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 a soapbox because I carry around a soapbox and and spout off the benefits of supporting Canadian made and diverse Canadian economy. I've seen the soapbox. It's in his it's in his car. I feel my family are quite sick of me. So I thought you know what, uh, let's just start a podcast. Let's get it out. But also it's a place that we can kind of talk about all things local laundry, uh, made in Canada, and you know whatever else comes to mind, whether it's business or or whatever else we uh, we want to talk about. So, um, yeah, if you most people haven't heard of Local Laundry before, we thought we'd just kind of go into a bit of the backstory, uh, talk about what we've been doing over the last couple of years, where we're going, and then kind of why we made the decision to switch to Canadian Made, and then just kind of take it from there. Yeah, I think the goal, too, is we want to be interviewing and, and showcasing other made in Canada brands, right? We, we want to try and build a platform much like we've done with our own brand, Local Laundry. We want to build this into a bit of a platform for others to to share their made in Canada stories because I think that's important. I think as, as Canadians, we often don't get on our soapbox and we don't preach about ourselves and the good that we're doing. So we really want to give that opportunity to people who are making great Canadian products to be able to showcase that and, and really share out that important story. Um, and we're a bit of a unique case, right? With Local Laundry, we actually, we did the opposite of offshoring. We did onshoring where we cut all ties with overseas manufacturing and we moved our clothing company exclusively to be manufacturing in Canada. So that's all of our hats, uh, both snapbacks and toques. Um, snapbacks were a little bit more challenging to find for made in Canada, I'll be honest. But we've got toques, we've got socks, we've got pillows, we've got sweaters, we've got hoodies, we've got t-shirts, we've got, what else do we have? Towels. Towels. We've got everything right. manufactured here in Canada, which is really unique. Um, and it's something that we hold very near and dear to our hearts. So we thought we'd take this episode, get a little bit of background of the company and kind of where we're going. So I'm going to start by asking Connor, who came up with the initial concept and idea and launched everything, how did it all start? Right, right. So... Uh, great question. Uh, it all started back in 2000, about 2014. Uh, my wife and I had decided to move to all places of the world. We decided to move to Sweden. And we were living in a tiny little northern town in Sweden called Jevle. And we lived in Say a Say that again? Jevle. Uh, it's, it's spelled G-A with two dots, V-L-E. And for the longest time, we knew we were moving there. But we had no idea how to pronounce it. So we get, it wasn't until we met these group of Swedes in, in New York and we're like, where are you from? And like, we're from, we're from Sweden. And we're like, oh, no way, we're going to be moving to Sweden. They're like, wow, where are you going to live? And we're like, uh, it's a place called Gavel. And they're like, Gavel. I don't think that's in Sweden. Well, like, I assure you it is. We've, 
we've I'm going to university there. It's 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 gavel. And they're like, Can you spell it? So I spelled it out. And they're like, Ah yeah blah. <laughs> And uh, so that's that's when we started uh, when we learned how to pronounce the name of the Swedish town. Good, that's important. But we were living there and we lived in this tiny little house. It was so small you could turn off the, the kitchen sink from bed and uh, I was there studying, I was studying business, I was doing my master's of business and I you know, I really admired my parents. They were immigrants to Canada. They both uh, became successful entrepreneurs. I, I really admired the life that they built. They kind of used their restaurant as a way to give back to the community, uh, to help people out, in particular new Canadians. Um, Where are your parents from? They're from Ireland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they immigrated here in 79 and, and opened up an Irish pub because what, uh, what else do you do? Um, and I was admired their their lifestyle and how they always gave back. And, I, and so I was living in Sweden. I was like, I really want to start my own business, but I don't really know how. Uh, and I was trying a few different things. I actually started a podcast. Uh, me and my buddy started a podcast. I wrote a book. Uh, tried to build an app like every, any other, every other idiot in 2010. Um, it just didn't quite work. So I came up with the idea of local laundry when people kept asking me where I was from. And I'd say Canada. And they go, wow, that is so cool. We love Canada. I said, well, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Sweden. Uh, but they'd say, where in Canada? I'd say, I'm from Calgary. And they're like, wow, I've never heard of it. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'd love something that really represented Calgary that I could take around traveling. I could tell people about it. And I kind of Googled some stuff. And the only stuff I could find were those cheesy I Heart Calgary shirts or those like cartoon moose in an RCMP uniform. The garbage stuff you'd find at, uh, at the airport was like two for two for five bucks. Uh, you know, it was the last minute gift from your granny. When she forgot to get you a gift uh, for your birthday. And then it was like, this is all garbage. And I don't know the first thing about clothing or design or anything, but maybe I can take a swing at it. And I I was heavily influenced. I was heavily inspired by, you know, Alex McLean from East Coast Lifestyle. How he, you know, really built that East Coast pride. And I really admired that. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And why why didn't Calgary have anything like that? So I did what any idiot millennial does. And I Google searched how to make a t-shirt company. And uh, uh, I watched a YouTube video. And just day by day, just kind of built a website, figured it out, and uh, away we went from there. And then uh, my wife, so it started officially in April 2015. Uh, my lovely wife who came up with the name Local Laundry. Um, she likes to think she owns uh, the majority of the company because she came up with the name. And uh, yeah, then in June of 2015, we moved back. And uh, here's where Dustin enters the chat. Um, what was the first time you remember hearing or seeing or knowing anything about local laundry? So the first time we got introduced was the first time I actually learned about the brand, but it was, uh, it was a random coffee connection. So a mutual friend of ours who we both, uh, had done work with in the past, uh, both a friend of ours, he, he recommended that we sit down and chat. And at the time I'd been working for a promotional company here in town. So just kind of helping mostly, you know, corporations, sports teams, schools, this and that, get uh, their own branded gear, right? T-shirts, sweatpants, golf balls, whatever. And so he thought, you know, I knew a little bit about how to decorate a T-shirt or how to silk screen or any of these pieces that are kind of required for starting up a T-shirt company. And uh, I know he knew of you and that you were starting and that you were looking to move most of your production here in Calgary, or at least local, because um, it was an online, uh, online on-demand fulfillment provider at the time. 
And so he recommended we sit down for coffee and we sat down and I remember thinking, holy cow, this guy's got an MBA. This is pretty impressive. I'm a little bit intimidated. So we sat down, we had a good, good coffee chat, learned a little bit more about what you're up to, the company that you were building. And I remember leaving that meeting thinking you had a specific ask, right? You wanted to basically do on-demand fulfillment out of Calgary. And uh, I knew at the time that there's no way that I could do what it was you're hoping. But I was like, let me take this back to you know my boss, to the company, and, and let me see if there's interest, knowing what the answer was. But what I really wanted to do was get involved um, because I, I thought you had a great concept. I loved the fact that it was local. I'd always been interested in starting my own gig, um, having done kind of one in the past before. And so this was a really great opportunity. And I really loved the local piece and the donating back to charity. So it had a bit of a social component baked in, which was important to me. So I remember taking that back and just thinking, nope, can't do it. But I can get access to some local hats for pretty cheap. I'll take all that on. I'll decorate everything. I'll store it in my basement and I'll ship everything out as soon as we get an order. And uh, that's how we kind of got married. That's how everything started. So I took care of all the production of all the local pieces we were going to make. We signed a three-month dating agreement and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it <laughs> kind of came about. And I kind of recommend anyone, uh, we always like to kind of say any idiot can start online t-shirt company because we're kind of that living proof. They don't want to start one. It's super easy. I mean, that drop shipping company that Dustin mentioned, it was Printful. We just uh, hooked it up to Shopify, which is another great Canadian company. And, and the easiest part is starting, starting one. The hardest part is keeping it going. Um, and it's so funny because yeah, that meeting, it's funny that you said you were intimidated with that meeting. Cause I hear I was not a clue what I was doing <laughs> and, uh, I was literally just trying to figure it out, put it together piece by piece. And, but that it was something so, even though we didn't know anything about clothing, I didn't know anything about clothing. It's something so fun about just building something. Totally. You know, uh, I think, uh, you know, there was no rules coming from like school or a job and all these rules as long as some things you can do and can't do. But when it came to this, it was like, the sky's the limit. We can do whatever, whatever we wanted. You know, some stuff, we've tried a lot of stuff. Not always worked. Um, but you could just try and do whatever and see what sticks and see what works. And and luckily for us, more things worked than didn't work. Mm-hmm. And we've been kind of growing and growing. And um, yeah, we've been kind of going at it ever since. And um, yeah, it's just been such a ride. And, and everything, you know, we kind of, we've just been figuring out along the way. Um, the fun thing that I like to think about our partnership is that like we're both from Calgary, grew up completely different sides of the city, never met each other, but mm-hmm. we have so many different connections and everyone that I know or that I don't know, you know, and everyone that I don't know, you, or everyone well, don't you know. don't know, you know, I know. Yeah. It's like we've cast this like perfect net and we're like the same age, We but we're interested in like completely diff- different things. Dustin's like provincially ranked squash player. Uh, I can barely hold a squash racket. Um, you can throw a three pointer. I can't lift a basketball <laughs> off the court. Well, some of my friends would argue about that, uh, even that capability. But, but, um, but, uh, and then very different personality wise. You're a lot more detail orientated than me. Um, you described perfectly the one time where I'm the, the mad. Uh, the bulldozer. I'm the bulldozer. Breaking things and, and paving away, or just finding a road ahead and bulldozing ahead. It's not pretty. It's not clean. It certainly is ugly, but it's always pushing moving ahead, forward, yeah. moving forward. And, and you're the guy that's coming up behind me with the, the, the steamroller and making thing everything smooth, making sure we got enough runway in case we need to go back. And 
and uh, which which I think is really important. I think anytime someone asks, you know, how to start a business, I think it's always my advice is find a partner, find a partner that is really good at things you suck at, and um, that you're really good at stuff that they suck at. And not to say that you suck at anything or I suck at anything, but. We've got we've got our share of disadvantages, but yeah. I, I think the important thing there is, you know, if you equate it similar to to life, right? Everyone gets married in life because they want to share their life, yeah. with a partner. Yeah, the business is it's a really difficult thing to do, right? It's it's complicated, it's challenging, it's stressful, it's frustrating, and it's it's you know lovely and fulfilling and and great and all these other things, but it's it's I think the the most fulfilling part of the business is is having that having someone to share that with that's i never thought of it like that but it is and we well we thought about it It definitely is a marriage i mean we have more paperwork for our marriage than we do for our real agreed marriages but uh but it's true i mean yeah you could obviously make it as a single person in in this world but i you know i don't i don't know how people you can obviously build a business by yourself but it's just 10 times harder yeah not as fun unless you're like just can't not willing to work with anyone right then yeah probably the same thing as a marriage right? <laughs> and to that's, make that work too and, and we've seen in the past couple of years I mean, we've been in business about four years now and we've seen you know a lot of businesses come and go and and number one thing it's always, it always comes down to partnerships it comes down to relationships mm-hmm. i heard a great quote recently that if, without relationships you have no business Yep. You know, and I think that's something that we've kind of put an emphasis since day one. Relationships, relationships, relationships. They got to be key. They got to be there. We got to nurture them. We got to take care of them. Uh, the secret to keeping Dustin happy is uh, you always got to feed Dustin. It's true. No matter when you come for a meeting, whatever, if there's work involved, as long as Dustin's fed, then it's all great. Good meal and I'm happy. So uh, come back from Sweden, meet Dustin. We're both still working full time jobs. Uh, I worked at a tech company, you were working at the university. Um, and then in about July 2017, I left my full-time job and to do this full-time. Uh, we were finally making enough revenue. Up to that point, we'd never taken a penny out of the company. Um, we'd never, we always reinvested everything, never took a salary, none of that. But it came to the point where I was like, this thing is growing. A lot of opportunities were coming our way. And we're like, we need someone to go manage this thing full-time. And so that's what we kind of did. And, and uh, you know, um, I'm... I say luckily I'm very thankful that I got to go full time because it's that was two years ago it's been kind of the best two years of my life kind of living my dream um, you know Dustin's not full time yet but I'm you know we're working towards that and I can't wait for the day that you do come full time and um, and we can and we can get stuff get more stuff done and I think oh, sorry go ahead no I was I was gonna say um, I'm looking forward to that day too but I, I want to bring it back to the, the Proudly Made in Canada podcast. So let's talk about what that switch was like to extreme to, to entirely Canadian-made, right, where we cut all overseas production. What was that decision, and how has that impacted the business so far? Right. Well, I think at the core of Local Laundry, we've always been about building community. We kind of put it right there in our tagline. Everything we have to do is about building community. We, we built these pillars around this foundation that we... Of community that we kind of lay our hat on and it just people kept asking us we did lots of charitable work you know 10% of all profits go back to local charities um, we're always working with others that kind of you know share the same values but the question always kept coming back to us uh, where's your stuff made and we had this great great little uh, we had this great you know comeback for it every time we'd say well our stuff is designed in Canada 
and it's printed in Canada. And the other piece to that too was we were in the business of building community. Mm-hmm. We felt that a price increase to let's say $80 a sweater wasn't including everyone in that community. That that was part of the justification. Right. But right. yeah, we we've we've since gone fully made in Canada. Yeah, and and it was it was people, you know, it, it was it was a cop out really because we knew how expensive all the, we checked the prices and came it was so expensive we're like oh can never do that uh, so it was a cop out and we see it time and time and again you know people these great Canadian companies that say they're designing Canada and I think I call it a cop out because <clears throat> sorry designing stuff in Canada is the easiest part you do it it's the fun it's the exciting part it's the sexy part come with the nice sleek design that's great but then after it's designed that's there's no substance to it. You know, the hard part, the nitty gritty of, of any industries, um, especially a clothing industry or product based industry is the actual manufacturing, you know, and people would ask us where our stuff came from. And, and honestly, you know, we didn't know any better. We just Google searched how to build this business. Our garments would show up in a box with our designs printed on them. We're like, this is cool. We didn't know where that box came from. We didn't know, um, how they were made, if they were being ethically made or responsibly made, we didn't know, and and you know we didn't care enough back then. I mean, we we were told enough, right? The the production team we were working with, they you know they had all the the standards and and the the regulations and everything that that the factories that they were working with were adhering to. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like we just didn't care yeah. how our stuff was made because that was important when we first That's launched. True. We launched on American Apparel, yeah, which was made in the USA. That was an important feature, um, but the problems with American Apparel and supply chain and production was just too much of a headache, and so we moved to our own blank pieces and from a factory overseas, um, which which did have environmental standards and and. Um, I remember the thing that always stuck in my mind is we asked the we were getting some hats made overseas in China. We asked them to send a video. You remember that video? I do. They said and and you stuff you think of stuff getting made in China and the first thing you think of is sweatshop. You think of, um, you know, yeah, kids making hats and whatever. And honestly, that's not the case. We got this video, and this was the most futuristic factory that I'd ever seen. There was like lasers and robots were making these hats. It was all automated. There was barely any people there. Um, so it's not like our things were getting made unethically. It's it's a lot of these production like there's, there's a reason China is the leading manufacturer of everything. They do a great job, that, you know, but it became more than just who's making it. You know, who's making it became a part. But what is the bigger picture? You know, for us, um, it's we wanted to support. We've always wanted to support local. We want to support Canadian made, and we want to support Canadian business. And when you're sending all your money over to an economy, you know like China you're supporting their economy you're supporting the Chinese economy you're like China has allowed to build these futuristic robotic laser you know production embroidery machines or right because yeah. for the last 50 60 years we've been giving them all our money giving them all our manufacturing jobs so we wanted to, to do something that supported not only uh, you know responsible and ethical made but also you know Canadian manufacturing a diverse Canadian economy all of our manufacturing houses here uh, in Canada now uh they are produced by people who are getting paid a fair living wage um, by Canadian standards, getting uh, benefits, um, and they the companies have to adhere to strict and rigorous Canadian labor and environmental laws. But also these people that are making these clothes, they're contributing to a Canadian economy. The company that we're buying stuff, they got to buy their materials, they got to pay the workers, they got to, you know, 
all their supply chain, majority of it is Canadian companies. All these workers, they're going home at the end of the day, spending their paycheck, you know, and they're buying groceries at the, 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 the Canadian grocery stores. They're paying Canadian taxes. It, it's, it's such a big ripple effect. But I remember, yeah, we never we never thought we could go Canadian-made, and it wasn't until we had a meeting with one of our mentors, um, a fellow by the name of Alex Fittici, and uh, he, he he's one of the owners of Fork Nicer, and he kind of kicked us in the behind. He's like, you guys are called local laundry. Why why, why are you is not, it not local? Why are you not making your stuff in Canada? We had, you know, through all the same excuses his way, and he's, he shot each one of them down. He's like, nope, that's garbage. That doesn't hold up. You have to go made in Canada. And we kind of realized that in order to in order to really build this brand and grow, we had to have some substance. We had to add some longevity. And, and we saw you know, a lot of other brands that were out there, clothing brands, that, that had a really slick, cool design. And then after a while, no one thought that design was cool anymore, and there was no substance to really keep the brand going. And uh, Dustin and I are just terrified that one day people are going to think our designs are not cool anymore. So we wanted to add some longevity. And so the fact that we were Canadian made, we're now, you know, we're not competing against every, every idiot who started a t-shirt company. We're only competing against a select few companies that, that make the decision to go Canadian made. And it was a, it was a very mm. good decision. Uh, it was definitely challenging at first. The greatest decision we ever made. Greatest decision, but it, it didn't come without its challenges, right? We had to transition all of our existing inventory, uh, basically liquidate that, get it out of the warehouse, get it off the shelves, out of the retailers. We had to get our retailers with new Made in Canada products. So the the, the changeover was a was a really big headache. There's no surprises there, and, and the company definitely took a hit short term. But again, that was a decision for longevity. We wanted to make sure that the company was around in 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years. And so we need to start making decisions now that, that will get us there. And I think the other big piece, which we've um, just slowly sort of uncovered is is we, we're in the fashion business, right? We're, we're a retail company. And, and this industry is inherently quite awful, right? You look at uh, Forever 21 is closing its doors. It's yeah. a fast fashion retailer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for, for everyone who's lost their jobs. and, and for, people. That, that, that's really challenging. But to me, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit, um, dare to say, happy with that, uh, with that occurrence because it, it shows that the market is changing, right? We're not just interested in fast fashion. That is cheap clothes that are made very shittily if that's a word, and they fall apart within weeks, right? You wear them a couple times, you wash them a few times, and they just, they start to go away. So it, it really is unfortunate. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see kind of the market go towards more, we need to make quality clothes that are going to last. And, and the more that we've been in this industry, the more that we've realized how damaging it is in, in all regards, right? Most importantly, environmentally, um, there's a lot of aspects of this industry that are quite damaging to the environment, Everything from the factories that produce the garments to the chemicals themselves that are put into the garments to the, the amount of water that's that's needed to produce a garment. Um, you know, for example, it's it's around twenty to one, right? So twenty ounces for every ounce of fabric that's produced. One of the good things about manufacturing in Canada, particularly with the supply chain that we have, is is our dye house is able to reduce that from twenty to one down to between seven to five to one, right? So about you know twenty five percent of the water consumption of a traditional garment. So when we look at that regard too, our decision to move back to Made in Canada is, is a very good environmental choice for for the entire globe, right? Not just us as a company, but for everyone because we're using far less far less um, 
you know, we're, we're emitting less, we're polluting less, and, and we're consuming less resources to produce these garments. On the other side of that, you have the cumin component, right? There's one thing that I'll never forget about that, that video of the big factory in China, of the hats, is the machines were incredible, everything was automated, but I remember her panning it over to where these ladies were producing a part of the garment, and I remember they were kind of like joking around laughing, and when they saw this lady coming with a camera, it was like deer in the headlights. They looked terrified. And maybe I'm taking that out of context, right? But I assume that I interpreted that as, you know, uh-oh, we're getting in trouble for, for slacking off, right? We're not working. So, and that's that's obviously been known for a while. You look at the factory collapse in, in Bangladesh. Traditionally, workers' rights and workers' conditions in a lot of these fashion factories have been atrocious. Um, so knowing that we have Canadians who are paid a good Canadian wage who are really part of a family at this factory and are treated very well and they, they like their job, um, that there's sort of a, a sense of gratification there, knowing that you know we are contributing to that versus contributing to an industry that, that's kind of taking advantage of people and taking advantage of the environment very much. And it, it's somewhat ironic that we're in Calgary, Alberta, which is you know the energy capital of Canada, if not the world, for oil and gas, um, because the oil and gas industry tends to take a, a very... Um, you know they're 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 vilified in terms of the the production of oil and gas and um, you know you look at fashion it's it's very much in the same sense right oil and gas energy you know we need energy because we're consuming we need energy to produce our garments to produce everything to 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 move to live to turn our lights on whereas clothing you know we we need clothing clothing is a basic necessity but the way that we're consuming clothing right now is completely unsustainable so. Again, for us to be made in Canada, that, that's something that we've really had our eyes opened up to, or at least me, um, in seeing that is like, we, we need to make this change. It's not more that it was the right decision or, um, or we, we finally made the decision or the business decision. I think in general, like this is a very important decision that, that had to be made, um, not just for the company, but, but for the environment. And I think for greater good. So I'm really happy that we made the switch and I think it's really opened our eyes to, uh, the importance of really manufacturing in Canada where there are a lot of very high standards. Uh, and I think that we're going to start to see that same type of environmental hammer come down on subsequent industries after oil and gas, which includes um, clothing and fashion, which includes um, farming and, and animal production um, and many other industries. So I'm happy to be leading the way. And I think Connor, if you want to talk a little bit about like some of the garments that we're starting to dabble into um, after Made in Canada, you know, the next big thing for us was to start to focus on the types of clothing and the types of materials that we were using because now that we're made in Canada, that's great, but what's that next thing we need to do to make sure that we are actually producing a garment that is ethically made, environmentally responsible, and, you know, really making sure that we're doing our part uh, for for the environment and for the earth. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, and just to touch upon that, um, that's the way it used to be. You know, it used to be that all your clothes were made in Canada. It used to be your clothes were made down the street. Mm -hmm. You know, we were cleaning out my wife's granny's house, and everything in that woman's house, you know, she's 80-something, everything in that woman's house, it was made with probably within a 100-kilometer radius. You know, her stove, her hangers, her eyeglasses, her shoes, her clothes, her kitchenware, you know, you name it. I even found a little comb that was made out of plastic that was made in Canada. When was the last time you could... I don't even think you can find a comb. And um, something as simple as a comb that's made in Canada. And um, 
I think it's 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 the way it used to be, and I think it's the way we kind of get back to. We just all these manufacturing jobs just kind of disappear, you know. And we gave them to all these other economies, and we want to talk about diverse diversifying our economy here in town, uh, especially in this province. Like, let's get back to actually making stuff, you know. With with let's get making stuff with our hands, you know, instead of just. And, and we're all kind of to blame because everyone loves a bargain. That that rush of adrenaline, the you know. That, that feeling of pleasure that we get in our brains when we get a good bargain, feel like we got away with stealing, you know, we're all to blame. So, because uh, let's face it, that Canadian manufacturing, Canadian clothes are more expensive. And we kind of have to get away from that, that, you know, buy better and buy less. Buy stuff that's going to last and it's going to reduce that environmental impact. Um, now, having said that, Dustin briefly talked about our, our clothing and the way that we're going. The one thing we, we do have to reiterate, you know, uh, there is certain legalities around, you know, calling some stuff made in Canada or 100% made in Canada. And everything, you know, every all our, all our clothes are dyed, knitted, milled, sewn, printed, everything in Canada. The one thing, the, the actual materials themselves don't come from Canada. And that's because cotton, the majority of our clothes are made out of cotton, and cotton doesn't grow in Canada. Uh, so we're working on ways to, to kind of figure out the most environmentally friendly materials that we can produce. So this winter, we're coming out with our winter lineup and we're going to be introducing a lot of uh, organic cotton bamboo um, to our line. So we have the organic cotton bamboo hoodie and bamboo uh, crew neck. If, if you've never really tried bamboo clothing, highly recommend. It is the softest thing you will ever feel. And I'm sure, Dustin, you can attest to it. I'm wearing mm -hmm. uh, one of our hoodies right now. It's a zip-up and I've ne I, I just, I rarely take it off. It's just so comfortable. Uh, the thing with bamboo, of course, it grows like a weed. It's super durable, super strong, needs uh, way less water than your standard uh, uh, cotton. And um, so it's it's organic cotton uh, bamboo from Rayon. They, they make the cotton the bamboo in a certain way that it can be turned into a pliable thread material similar to cotton but now we're also prototyping um different materials such as recycled polyester where they take plastic coke bottles and, and pepsi bottles and, and different you know things from recycling they can actually make clothing from it which is so cool I mean, we we saw a prototype from our manufacturer and it is it is it is soft it's made with recycled polyester and organic an bamboo cotton piece of clothing and it's made from recycled materials, which is, I think, is so cool. And, you know, we're playing around with uh, coming out with what's called the Natural Collection, where it's shirts and sweaters that don't have any dye in them. They're the natural color of, of cotton, which is which is like a cream kind of color, which, uh, you know, doesn't may not look the greatest on Dustin and I in a t-shirt form, but, uh, but, you know, it's made without any dyes or chemicals, which is really cool. And one day, you know, now that cannabis is legal, a lot, there's a lot more hemp producers out there producing a super durable material that we can actually grow here in Canada. And mills, hemp mills are starting to pop up, back up again. We used to have tons of hemp mills, you know, 100 years ago before cannabis was, was kind of uh, banned. And so one day I would love to come out with a hemp sweater that we can say is 100% grown and made in Canada. So those are just some of the, the things that we get excited about that we're working on. You know, Made in Canada was the first switch. The, the first fundamental thing that we did was build community. It always had to go about building community. Correct, yeah. And we wanted to up the ante. And now we wanted to go Made in Canada. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's fun at the same time because it really limits us what we can produce. You know, people are like, oh, why don't you guys just make like swell water bottles and slap your logo on it. And it's like, 
Uh, we don't know where those are made. They're certainly not made in Canada. We can't mm-hmm. produce them. It's one of our it's one of our pillars of, of community building. We're not being manufactured in Canada. So yeah, even right down to our labels, our signage, our hang tags, everything. If we can produce it here in Canada, we will. Um, and then the next phase is how do we make this brand, this Canadian-made brand, more environmentally sustainable? Mm-hmm. Which I think is the natural progression, right? We've learned a lot about the impact this this industry has on on the planet, and uh, I think you know if you if you understand that and and you are aware of that, uh, I feel like you know as a company you do have a you have an obligation to do your part, right? I, I don't think it's acceptable in this day and age to understand the impact that your business is having um, and not do anything about it, right? And so we, we've very much taken that approach and that goes back to when we very first started, right? When Connor launched this, the, the initial part was 10% of profits go back to local charities. You know, now we have five pillars of building community. One right. is donating a percentage of profits back to local charities. One is uh, sharing stories from the community, one is collaborating with others, and one is you know giving yourself a chance to uh, represent where you're from, right? Proudly represent where you're from, and then the other one is is manufacturing and, and supporting local here in Canada. Um, so with those five pillars of building community, we've always had a bit of a social component. You know, people have called us a social enterprise, which we're not. People have called us social entrepreneurs. We were nominated and were a finalist for Calgary Small Business Week uh, for an award of social entrepreneurship. Um, so we've definitely, you know, kind of gravitated towards that. And we are, I think, more of a social company because we're aware of those things and we're actually taking action towards reducing our impact and, and being more conscious. Um, but I think the the exciting part about that too is that we're, we're still, we're a business through and through, right? Yeah. We exist to generate profit. But... That's not a dirty word. That profit cannot come at the expense of everything else. And that's what, that's what we believe in. And I think that's somewhat of the, the difference in why people have seen us and, and called us a social entrepreneur. Uh, we actually won a Startup Canada Award this year. Uh, and I think that sort of speaks to the fact that you know, we're, we're challenging the status quo, that we can be a profitable company um, and make an impact. And it might take us longer to get there. You know, we're, we're, this is our fourth year now. I'm still not full-time on the company. Um, so it just it takes a while to get there, but we really want to showcase that you can, as a small business, be profitable while making an impact. Absolutely. So follow us along on this journey. If you know of any Canadian-made clothing companies or other companies that you want us to produce, uh, to showcase, that as long as they're producing their stuff in Canada. Um, we'd love to give them a voice. We'd love to give them a voice. We'd love to talk about them, shout out their praises. And I think the, the number one thing that we can only ask for you is, is just check your labels. Check your labels on everything, your food, your clothing, your couch, your iPhone. See where things are made. It's, it's kind of shocking to see how much is not made in Canada. It's true, right? And um, I don't want to go on the environmental rant again, but you look at it, it's kind of timely, right? There's all these, there's all these um, protests going on around the world yeah. about climate change, right? Which is definitely important. Um, but it's just ironic that, you know, the people that are protesting are oftentimes ones that are not, they're not checking their labels, right? They're not checking where the things that they're buying are coming from. And I think we need to understand that every time we spend a single dollar, that's a single vote that we right. are giving to the companies that we're supporting. 
right? So if we're buying a Gildan sweatshirt, you know, what are we saying about that specific piece? Or if we're buying, um, you know, a, a made in Canada cheap plastic thing from, or sorry, made in China cheap plastic thing from Amazon, you know, what what are we supporting? What are we saying is acceptable? So when we look at these, this climate change going on and everything else, all of these, all these uh, protests, I think we all need to take a step back and look at, you know, what are we doing to counteract this, right? What role are we playing? And I think the role that we all play is we're all, we're all supporting the world that we want to be in by spending the money or by, by choosing who we're supporting, both in our votes and in our dollars. So have a think about, everyone, any listeners out there, have a think about where your dollars are going, right? And which companies are you supporting? And to tell kind of a tiny bit of a really story, if I can't, if I can take another minute, is, um, you know, Connor and I used to meet for morning coffee. We had a meeting, you know, every week, and we would always meet at a coffee shop across the street from where I was working. It was convenient, you know, they made good coffee, but it wasn't necessarily local. We can say who it is. eh, Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) So it wasn't truly local. So we thought, you know, this this isn't really on brand. I think we can do better. So we decided to change our meeting location. And every morning we would head on down to a local coffee shop called Calgary Heritage Roasting Company. Um, two very good-looking firefighters who started a coffee shop. Have to throw that out there. Um, but they make fantastic coffee and they're local, right? So we thought, you know, our dollars can be better spent. So that, that wasn't a very big decision. You know, we maybe go there couple times a month but in those couple times a month right we're spending let's say if we have you know a bunch of meetings which I know you do all the time 50 bucks a month is now going to this local business rather than one that wasn't so local so if 10 people did that right that ex- that's an extra $500 going towards a local business so again it's these very small decisions that we're making on where we're putting our dollars that actually have a pretty big impact uh, and I think that's that's important absolutely Okay, on that note... We're off our soapboxes. Until until the next time, uh, we'll whip out the the old soapbox. But uh, yeah, let us know if uh, you have any questions, comments, rude remarks. Fire us a direct message on Instagram, at Local Laundry, or check us out at our website, www.locallaundry.ca. And uh, looking forward to to chat with you. Yeah, and please do send... uh, any great Canadian-made company you think should be should be highlighted or we should talk to, send them our way. We'd love to get introduced. We'd love to, to reach out to them. We'd love to, to talk to them. We really want to share the story of Canadian-made people. And we already we already highlighted the first one, Calgary Heritage Roasting Co. Calgary Heritage Roasting Co. There we go. Head down there. They're in Ramsey and Calgary. Great little roastery with a coffee shop right in. And uh, it's, yeah, it's quite great. Yeah. Okay, on that note, this has been Connor Kern and... Dustin Baisley. And together in Studio B, we are Local Laundry, and this has been Proudly Made in Canada by Local Laundry. Episode 001. All right. Until next time. Send us off. Do our outro.